This is where Atlanta soul. At this particular point in time, hip hop rules. Meets the Nashville sound. The unmitigated gal. And hits everywhere in between. Ellen Fitz talking music. L. Talking. And Fitz. We are back with the most creatively named podcast in all of the land. L. And Fitz talking music. She's L. Duncan. I'm Jason Fitz. Back by nobody's demand but our own. You. Ellen Fitz talking music. Can we talk about that intro for a second? Yeah. That intro makes hip hop sound so cool. It's like, boom, boom, yeah. boom, yeah. It's like so good. And I'm like bopping. And then it's like meets country. And then it's like, yo, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like meets the spirit of Nashville. And mm-hmm. it's like all top notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, it, it is true though. You are cooler than I am. So I think that's fair. Oh, no. Uh, I think really what it is is that Kyrie is black and he doesn't know anything about country music. Kyrie so is black. Like, I didn't right. know. How do you feel about that? By the way, uh, we don't give Kyrie enough love. Uh, Kyrie Williams, uh, producer extraordinaire, yes. uh, for this show, but you don't yeah, get man. to talk anymore. Okay. That was, that was, okay. that was enough all the, of that. that was the quota. Speaking yeah, of you, back to the geez, board. Louise, we can't, that's why we can't have nice things. El Duncan, Jason Fitz on the heels. Uh, you know, the only thing, uh, I can't say it's cooler than the Super Bowl, but it's kind of close for me. Uh, is the Grammys mm-hmm. and the Grammys are coming up and, uh, we'll get to the nominations, but I want to start with this little conspiracy theory. You ready for a little okay. conspiracy theory? They've been putting out all this imaging about, you know, the ads for who's performing. Mm-hmm. Miley is one of the performers. However, uh, usually with the ads, there's been a song associated with it. However, Miley has just been like a picture or an image, but no song associated. So now some people on the interwebs are convinced that Miley is going to drop a new song at the Grammys, which seems like this incredible idea. I don't think it's going to happen, though. No, like, I the Grammys are a bunch of, like, stodgy, like, exactly what are you going to play? How long is it going to go? What's it? Like, I could see her Especially dropping her. a song, like, a day before and then performing it at the Grammys. But there's no way they make a world premiere debut. Like, besides, if they were really going to debut it, considering the Grammys wants the ratings, wouldn't they tell everybody Miley debuting a new single? Correct. Yeah. I think maybe they just, maybe she hasn't told them which song. Right. Um, but I imagine it's going to be that new Mark Ronson one. Uh, how, where Nothing are you so far? Like uh, right. Okay. So, um, I, 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 you know, me and like suddenly I have this thing with Miley. I did not love the radio release of it. Mm-hmm. Then they put out a couple of remixes after that. And one of them is like disco string fire. Like yeah, that's the one I've heard. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there. I'm like, who decided to put out the boring lame version? And then a month later be like, no, 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 just kidding. Here's the remix way better. So it totally reminded me of a song from a few years ago, Lana Del Rey, not only just in the sound, but, um, summertime sadness. Which, when it was originally released, is really slow and, you know, melodramatic and melancholy. Um, and then they released like a disco kind of version. Um, but I, like, as soon as I heard that song, I was like, this is Summertime Sadness by Lana Del Rey. And Miley sounds exactly like her too. And I'll give that to Miley because she does have the ability to quote unquote reinvent herself. Like she has all of the reinvention that Madonna had in terms of image wise, but the Madonna didn't have in vocal variety, right? Miley can sing. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a really good singer. So she's been able to kind of continue to kind of, you know, amalgamate her voice, if you will. Um, And I totally notice a different thing coming now. Did you just say amalgamate? Yeah. Mother of God. I mean, amalgamate? Spell it. Recently. Spell it. A-M-A-L-G-A-T-E. I don't even know if that's right, so we're just going to go with yes. Uh, go amalgamation. It, re- it reminds me a little bit of to what happened with the Sean Mendez record. Now, let me date myself here and make sure that not actually physically date myself. That sounds sad and lonely, but remind everybody how, how old I am uh, in the sense that when I was a kid, 
and even into my 20s. Like one of the worst things in the world is when a record comes out and then a month later they're like, here's the hype remix that's not on the record. And then you got to go buy the record uh-huh. again. At least now with streaming services, Spotify, call us. Uh, at least with, with like the Spotify's of the world, I get the cooler version. But like Sean Mendez, who's an artist, you know, I like. Uh, like the whatever one night in Japan. I don't remember the name of the song, the Japan song that's out now. Uh, the, about Japanese, the, 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 uh, the record version is okay. The, the radio version's awesome because yeah, it's remixed do. and it's faster and you're like, all right, I'm into this. Yeah. Um, real fast. So you said that you wanted, you didn't want to date yourself. Talk about, you said, you didn't even say like, like CD. You said record. Were right, you record. like records? Like a, my like first, the first thing I ever got player? was a record on a record player before that. Like, not like the, I wear a fedora right now and, and like don't inhale really trendy cigars and only buy yeah, whiskey the that's overpriced. Outfitters not that, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like a, uh, Bon Jovi, New Jersey was my first record. Uh, yes. Hey. That was that. Yeah. That's, uh, Amazing. that's call me Richie Sambora. I still love you. Uh, oh but yeah, that was my first, my first record and my, uh, my parents put, Two tickets to the Bon Jovi concert that was my first concert inside that record. So That's when I bought, amazing. yeah, that was, that was a hype birthday. What? I was Did so excited. You, what's your favorite Bon Jovi song then? Um, oh, I don't. My favorite Bon Jovi record is These Days, okay. uh, which was actually a CD and was after they were not, they were no longer popular. Uh, and they put out a record that sort of talked about like, nobody cares about us. And the whole thing is like, what do you do when you've been the biggest thing in the world and now, Nobody cares about your music. It's a really like honest but great, uh, great Bon Jovi. It is a stellar Bon Jovi record, and I see the laugh on your face. No, I'm but- smiling because you're that guy. Like you're a real musician. You're the B side guy. You know, yeah. you're the guy that is like, you know, when you think of the OJ's, you're not thinking Love Train. Like you're thinking some deep cut from 1937 that never came out of the studio. So when my when my my brother's older than I am, and when uh, the only time in my life we had MTV, there was a brief period in life where we had MTV because <laughs> we were poor. We didn't we couldn't afford that stuff. Uh, the only time we had MTV and my brother was super into like Depeche Mode and The Cure and like uh, all these like weird, weird bands. So, and I always wanted, like he's older than I am. I wanted to be cool like my brother. And so I remember that was when Born to Me, My Baby, the Bon Jovi song was out on a video. And I remember the first time I saw the video, I was sitting there next to my brother and I was like, and he was just like, just dogging on the band and how they're trash. I'm like, yeah, they're total trash. While I'm like bobbing my head. A week <laughs> later, I'm sitting in front of MTV, like 12 hours a day. I'm like, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? Are they going to play the video? So yeah, Bored to Be My Baby was my first indoctrination into it. Uh, but I'll be there for you came out after that. I was, I was going to so much, so many. Um, and while I make fun of myself, I will tell you when I was in Santa Clara with Michael Luke Jr., we were doing a little national championship stuff and I quoted a song. A lyric from a song, from a Hanson song. And he laughed at me. And I was like, no, it's this time around. And he listened to a little of it on his phone. He's like, actually, this is really good. And I'm like, you know what? Do yourself a favor. Go back and listen to the entire thing. That record, after Hanson was no longer popular, called This Time Around, is great. He sent me a text like three days later. And he's like, "Uh, you were totally right. It's a record full of bangers. Album full of bangers, he said. And I'm like, about Hanson. Hanson. That's never been spoken before. But it's sort of like the weird moment where like you walk up next to a guy at the urinal and you see too much. Like we don't talk about it anymore. Now, it's, it's, it's. (laughs) And also, yeah. Slid that reference. Wait, do you also, with the urinal thing, you have to put, you have to put a space, right? Between urinals. Is that a man code? Yes, but sometimes you can't. And and let me talk to every public place in the world. Like a divider can't cost that much. Just put up the mini urinal divider. Get the partition, please. It's the weirdest thing when you walk in and you're like. Why? You don't want to show what you got? You're not proud? 
I'm, you don't want to dazzle the men's look, restroom this with is, your... This is going to get cut out of this episode, but I'm just going to say now on Polish and Irish, you've never watched a porn starring Stephen McClowski, <laughs> so there isn't much hope for my people. <laughs> McClowski. <laughs> oh, my God. I oh, and amazing. now back to our regularly scheduled programming. I'm blushing. Uh, L. Duncan, Jason Fitz, Ellen Fitz talking music. Um, uh, uh, we should get to the Grammys, right? Should we get yeah, to the Grammys? Yeah, I mean, Is there anything else you're hype on before we get to the Grammys? Not in particular. Is there um, anything worse than me saying? Is there anything else you're hype on? What's getting you litty right now, El? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, I could try it more street, but it wouldn't work. I, I, I should also never say more street. I just learned that. Um, so this year's Grammys are, are interesting, and I think they're different this year because last year we had such a, a, a real conversation about what to do with um what to do with with bruno Mm -hmm. and and how to treat all of that in a world where kendrick lamar put out some great music this year i look across the nominations i don't think there's a lot of like epic memorable stuff that's going to sit with us for years and years and years the the hardest part of this for me is childish gambino and i don't know how to treat this song and i want to get your thoughts on this because uh, for anyone that hasn't seen the nominations childish gambino is obviously uh, we expect or this this is america is up for record of the year and that one goes to an uh, artist and a producer for that that record and it's up you know it's up against some other stuff that had some success most notably post malone rockstar i mean mm-hmm. rockstar was like the biggest song in the world i don't know what to do with this is america because visually it's art and yeah. it's a visual piece of art that's going to be remembered forever we didn't hear it a lot on the radio. It wasn't like downloaded to the level that some other songs are downloaded. It wasn't mass consumed as a music product. It was mass consumed as an art product. So how do you treat it when you're trying to decide on the musical value of it, which in my mind shouldn't include the visual? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's quite of um, a juxtaposition because you're right. Like the first time that I saw that song or heard that song, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like so afterwards, once you kind of are moved and affected by what you're looking at visually and then you hear it, you realize like this is kind of a party jam. If he had released honestly, if he had released the song first, because, you know, people never pay attention to what they're listening to. You know, I was in high school jamming to pumped up kicks and not realizing it was about, you know, school shootings Um, and 99 balloons is about like nuclear war. And everyone's just like, look, full of look, 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 look. So I don't think anybody would have actually Wait, put some of the Wait, what was everybody like? One more time. Look, 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 look. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I don't think anybody would have necessarily like keyed in on what he was really trying to say unless it was a visual song. But it was a jam. And I did hear it a little bit on the radio. I think that in general, it goes back to the conversation that we said of why Kendrick Lamar is so brilliant. Because Kendrick Lamar has this incredible messaging but he also puts it in a way that is like neatly packaged as a club banger. You know, mm-hmm. like his stuff is really appropriate everywhere. And I think This Is America um, became such a serious and deep kind of um, dichotomy of what's happening in this country that it wasn't necessarily something that you like throw on um, at a party. You didn't hear it. On, it wasn't as mainstream as the video. And I do agree with you in that regard. But you look at some of the past nominees and let's be honest, Fitz, like every once in a while, in fact, not every once in a while, more often than not, the Grammys try to go for something like that. They try to go for someone that wasn't as mainstream. They want to seem in. They want to mm-hmm. seem. And so that's why we have these people that get nominated for records of the year. I didn't even know Lord put a record out last year. Nothing right. that she put was really heavy on the radio. And every single year, whether it's Crin Bailey Ray or whoever it is, they always try to find someone that they're like, we're in on the art of what they do as opposed to the mainstream appeal. Well, and I have to believe that when we look back, 
five, six, seven, ten years from now, when you're listening to some playlist that's like graduation jams from 2018, like I, that that's not this is America is not going to be in that. Like it, in that sense, no. the art part 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 of it and the impact that that had will live on. But the song itself, I mean. Socially, it will. Here's my thing. Here's my question for you, because right when they, when something's nominated, they run like a little clip of it. You know, Donald Glover, when they run through the nominations, what part of that video are you using on CBS? Uh, I mean, none of it. You're, and dancing you're, with the kids. I mean, honestly, that's probably the only place you can go, right? Yeah, and dancing I, I, with the kids. You're right. Like, <laughs> but I and I, I will go back to I think what you said so smartly is it's such a serious tone because we saw the visual. That now, like, if it came on in the club, it's like, no, we don't dance that. We listen. Yeah, it's like, like we listen. Yes, we listen. listen. We're, we're, and and maybe, that, maybe that's what music is supposed to do also. So maybe there is some power to that. It just doesn't feel like the legacy of that song will live on in an, in a record of the year, album of the year sort of capacity. In that sense, though, I think there's a lot of that. That Like, I don't think there's a lot of timeless music that's been nominated Give right now. Give me examples. Uh, of of timeless music. Give me examples of, of like why you're kind of mad on some of the. Okay, well, well, look at album of the year. Okay, Invasion of Privacy, Cardi mm-hmm. B. All right, that, that it was a good record. Yeah, ten years from now, are we talking about Invasion of Privacy? Well, no. no. Uh, Brandy Carlile, by the way, I forgive you. That's no Drake Scorpion. I'm just out on Drake, so I'll admit that that's my own bias. Uh, her H E R, whatever you want. Uh, Beer Bongs and Bentleys from Post Malone. I think there's a, a an opportunity for some of that to live on. Uh, Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer, Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour, which was a spectacular record as a Nashville guy. I love it, but most of the world never heard it. And the Black Panther soundtrack. Mm-mm. Yeah, and soundtracks don't typically. As opposed to yeah. last year where I think the, the discussion was, look, Kendrick Lamar's record is going to live on, and so is Bruno Mars for very different ra- reasons. What do we like? Uh, yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those Grammys where it's like prisoner of the moments. Like you'll look back on this in 15 years and go, who won the 2019 Grammys? And you'll say, oh, that was 100% of the time. Cardi B, like she's super fun, but like she's not going to be one of the most relevant rappers of all time. And that's okay. Like we don't need every single year to be crowning, you know, the Mount Rushmore's of rap. Like that's just that's why. When someone releases an album like Kendrick Lamar, it is so significant because we tend to have a lot of Post Malones. Well, it feels like maybe this year is devoid of the easy to find mega hit that everybody's all in on in in that sense. Like best pop duo group performance. This is this was funny to me when I when you go through it. You got Zed Marin Morris for the middle, which was baby. That song gets in my head all the time and I want to punch her in the face for it. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize she was the seventh different artist to cut that song before it ever got released. Really? It kept, other artists kept cutting it, and then they wouldn't put it out as a single, so they wouldn't let him have it. And so, like, it kept regurgitating. It was huge for Marin, right? Well, it certainly helped that it was a Target commercial. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you have that. You have Say Something with Timberlake and Stapleton. Girls Like You, Maroon 5, Cardi B. Uh, you have Tony Bennett and Diana Krall. It's wonderful. Uh, you have Fall in Line, Christina Aguilera, Demi Lovato, and I've never even heard that song. And you have Don't Go Breaking My Heart, Backstreet Boys. Ooh. Like those are your nominees. Ew. Like it tells Ew. you that it was just, it was a weird year. And like that's your best, that, that's your best pop performances. You want best solo performances? You have Beck with colors. Um, yo, who the, who, yo, Beck has. <laughs> she ripped her headphones off, peeling like, behind I'm the so curtains. I'm tired of this. Sh- uh, Kyrie, swear to God, Beck has somebody's. Like, they have something on tape of someone. They've got some kind of blackmail. Beck is nominated every single year for something, and I haven't heard anything from him since Loser. No, it's... You're right. Every year he's nominated. every year Beck finds his way into some damn category. I'm sorry. I'm on my Beck 
soapbox right now. This is insane. So, and then think of this as a as a vocalist, right? As a singer, when when I think best pop solo performance, I want something like the karaoke bar couldn't emulate that, right? So the next song, Havana, which is okay, that's gonna win. Um, you have Lady Gaga, Joanne. I, I don't know that song. I don't know that song. Uh, and I, then you have Post Malone, Better Now, which is... Like, who needs to sing that? And I bet you Post then, Malone's not happy he was nominated in pop. And, and uh, you're probably right. And then the one that I actually think will win just because it it was actually incredible vocal performance, God is a Woman, Ariana Grande. That's just really difficult to sing. So, like, all all sorts of props to that. None of those are timeless. No, like, not at all. Like, that's that's why I think the, the Grammys are particularly weird. And it's why I think the ratings are going to be trash this year like what is the reason that most people are like just flocking to their screen and turning on the tv and saying i have to watch this right now okay so what does the best rap album look like because i'm pretty sure travis scott or drake is going to take it i think that's a two-horse race Kyrie, do you agree i got a huge beef with this category Uh that you that you threw to it best rap performance these are your hero your nominees Uh, this is my audition grammys for by the way letting me uh, give out an award someday. I have goals. Your nominees for best rap performance. Be careful, Cardi B. Nice for what? Drake. King's Dead. Kendrick Lamar. J Rock. Future and James Blake. Bublin. Anderson Pack. I should never say Bublin again either. We're gonna add that to the list. And Sicko Mode. Travis Scott. Drake and Sway Lee. Which is a dope record. Sicko Mode will probably win. Now yeah. it's gonna be nice for what? Just because of the video and everything. The the Grammys did some BS though. They nominated. And and God bless him because I think his album was really good and I you know he's 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 gone now but there's no reason that Mac Miller should have been nominated over J Cole I think that's wait Mac Miller was nominated over J Cole okay where? so wait I just gave you where? I just hold on I gave you best rap performance he's on best rap album yeah sorry yeah, best, best rap, rap album, album was Invasion of Privacy Cardi B Swimming Mac Miller Victory Lab uh, Daytona and Astroworld yeah I think I think that's to- that's just them. Kind of, you know, reaching out to the moment, to giving Miller. him a nod, yeah. But J. Cole had a much better album. J. Cole's than album Mac was fantastic. It was very good, very, very good. I would agree with you that this is a nod. To, and listen, I always let. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be one of those people that's like, let's just, you know, throw a lot of adoration at someone now that they've passed. That's undue. I liked Mac Miller. I didn't love him. I liked him. He was for me. He was always good for one song on a mixtape or an album. Like I, you know, I've got Mac Miller on my Spotify right now on various different playlists. Um. But in terms of like his entire body of work, like even giving him a Grammy nod doesn't necess- it doesn't seem necessary, especially it, it over something fake, like J. Cole. Man. It does seem fake. I mean, so who do you like? Invasion of Privacy, Cardi B, Swimming, Mac Miller, Nipsey Hussle, just because I wanted to say Nipsey Hussle at some point, Victory Lap, Pusha T with Daytona, and Travis Scott with Astroworld. It's I think be Travis, Astroworld. Yeah, I It'll mean, be, Travis Scott. But it, honestly, the Grammys is pretty is pretty um, commercial, and Travis Scott is as well. But I, I they're going to either give her Cardi B. Uh, Invasion of Privacy best album where they're going to give her, you know, one of the songs. They're going to give Cardi B something. She's just too popular. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I guess I, here's the thing. I, as, as I've said before, I'll die on this hill. I love Cardi B special guest on a song. I don't love Cardi B. This is my song. Right. Like I, I love Cardi B when she comes in and she just adds fire to something. In, in that sense, it's a little, although I, I like Nicki's big stuff too, but I think Nicki Minaj's best work is when she just comes flying into a track and suddenly you're like, oh my God, that just made Agreed, it like yeah. epic. I think Cardi B is a little bit in that mode for me. Like I, I love to hear her on something, but a lot of Cardi B, oof, oof, I'm but just, think, I'm bored. But think about this particular album and how many hits she had, you know? That's true. Be careful. I like it. I like it was a number one song for many, many, many weeks. And, That's true. Uh, and, 
I just I think that they're going to give they're going to acknowledge that album. They're going to acknowledge that she is of the time and that she is very popular uh, in particular because, you know, with something like this, with the fact that the Grammys will probably experience a bit of a down year because they didn't have as many big names. They have to reward the big names to show up. I'm wondering, I, and I don't know this. I should know. Hold on. I'm, I'm checking it. Uh, just just vamp while I figure out who's performing this year. And Nipsey Hussle should have the best rap album. Just throwing that out Nipsey there. Hussle's dope, dude. Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle's dope. Um, I don't see Pusha T again. I think that was them like virally being like, my 13-year-old talked a lot about this Pusha T dude. Exactly. Um, I mean, you know, he was really in the public purview because he was flaming Drake, but like the album itself, meh. Yeah, and that even the, the Drake stuff went on like for... A minute, you know, it didn't go on for, it's not like that lasted. That that conversation sort of died. Really glad that they didn't nominate Lil Wayne. I'm sorry. That <laughs> album was but. Don't at me. But. I mean, that is a, that's a, that's a strong statement. I'm trying to get a list here of who's, uh, who's performing. Uh, it looks like, um, Diana uh, Ross is performing. I saw for her 75th birthday. Uh, Casey Musgraves, Dan and Shay, they'll both be great. Um, Camila Cabello, Cardi B, Post Malone, Sean Mendez, Janelle Monae, uh, uh, Brandy Carlisle, Red Hot Chili Peppers with Post Malone, Miley Cyrus. It's just not, it, I mean, are you tell me, Kyrie, are you like, are you flocking to the TV to see that? Nah, nah, to be honest. I, I mean, I would love to see what Cardi's going to do. Not so much for the performance, just to see the, you know, the theatrics that may come with it. But nah, I'm, I'm just, not running to the TV. For so it. I say this all, there was this big conversation last night, last year about how the, the ratings sucked for the NFL last year, right? And we wanted to attribute it to a million different things. And what it really came down to in my mind, and I said this at the time, was star quarterbacks. Like, at the end of the day, if there's a star brand people like to watch, they'll go watch it. And what have we seen this year? The numbers are way back up. And what have we, what have we had? We've had young stars, old stars. We have star quarterbacks. Like when it's really easy to digest a superstar, that makes you want to watch even if you don't care. The Grammys are no different than that. The, the, the Grammys need the biggest stars in the world to perform and they need the biggest stars in the world to have hugely relevant radio hits to make, or, or I shouldn't say radio, hugely relevant, you know, hits in general, whatever medium you digest it on in order to make people give it in. But that's the problem though, is that nowadays because of access and the fact that these artists have so much of it they don't need the grammys anymore you know they don't get some of the biggest names on the planet anymore to perform because they don't need them it's just like the super bowl you know you used to do that for access you used to do that so you could get access to 150 million televisions but you have that now with youtube you know you have that now with instagram and with twitter and facebook and so i think that's that's just a problem that we're going to continue to see happen just big name artists saying eh, eh. I don't, I don't need it. I don't need the Grammys like I used to. It's not, um, a part of what I do. And like, I don't, I don't have to go. Well, what would you say is the biggest person on the planet right now in terms of like music? Oh, that is a great question. Who is the, like the one act that everybody would tune into? Beyonce. Let's just be real. You can, there can be, not true. listen, Beyonce is the Tom Brady of what you, right? Like there might be Beyonce fatigue, but they'd still tune in. Beyonce. You put, you you announced that she's come. I mean, didn't the Grammys do like stupid numbers when she was pregnant and performed? Yeah, and I I think Beyonce and and I still think Bruno Mars is in some category around that. Like just whether you're a soccer mom or whether you're you know a kid, Bruno Mars has some level. But Beyonce has generations. Like Beyonce is I, we and we, because vi- like because Bruno Mars is going to jam and you're going to have a blast. I mean, we saw him on the Grammys last year. It was super fun and he reenacted the video, whatever. But Beyonce is going to do some like. Get the bleep button ready, Kyrie. Like some stupid. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like, she's going to do something that's like, what did I just witness? When she did that performance pregnant, I was like, what am I witnessing? I didn't even know if it was good or not. It didn't matter. I was like, is she, what's happening right now? The fertility goddess. We started, people started like Googling what African fertility goddesses were because of her. Like, she literally makes an impact that, that, like, the world sees when she performs. It's insane. I just want to run Kyrie through the ringer here. She's going to do stupid shit. It's going to be memorable shit. And it's going to be sort of visual shit. And it's also going to be sung like crazy shit. Yes. I mean, when you look at all of that shit together, it's going to give you a shitload of shit Correct. that you can't stop talking about. You're going to be like, fudge. Thank, Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, it's Ellen Fitz talking music. Uh, real quick, I will say before we, uh, before we conclude our Grammy talk, just because it's a category everybody knows me probably the best with, um, for country, I think Dan and Shay did the, the, probably were the breakthrough thing this year. So they're nominated for best country duo group i think they're going to win that category uh and i wouldn't be surprised to see their song tequila also take best country song down uh, out because of the success they had the most interesting part of the grammy category frankly is that if you're one of the people that like really artsy country music chris stapleton and casey musgraves are both nominated i'm a little curious if they're going to split the artsy vote and all of a sudden we're going to see a really unexpected win so uh in my mind i don't know that i'm ready to count out Marin morris or keith urban for winning country solo performance i think Marin should win it she did the best solo uh, performance this year. So there's your quick uh, your quick rundown on how I think it's all going to play out. In Insert country. the banjos, Kyrie. Yeah. Ring, 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 ring. Oh, oh there's a country banjos. <laughs> I don't. I, 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 I got nothing. I got nothing. Alicia Keys hosting. How you guys feel about that? Real quick. She's going to be great. She's going to be great. And with that, we've run out of time, Kyrie. Let's I roll it. Closing. That is on. The, no, I think, listen, if I would buy into Alicia know. Keys hosting a chill-ass poker Where night at Hell's Kitchen, I'm not sure that she's going to. I've seen her in concert a few times. I'm not sure she's going to command that's a Grammy a fair stage. Point. No, we'll see. that's a fair You know what? You know what? <laughs> 2020, Duncan Fitz. Let's get it done. Hey. Hey. Okay, Twenty twenty. Three. That's more realistic. 2023? Yeah, all right. four years. I set big goals. That's all I'm saying. Stuff. All right. Follow her on Twitter at LDuncanESPN. Follow me at Jason Fitz. L's going to catch a flight to Belize because she lives Cute. a better life than I do. But coming up, Doug Kazarian. Now, Doug, you can't take her place, but we'll, let, we'll, <laughs> we'll let Doug at least try with some interesting stuff coming up next. Ellen Fitz talking music. No, the hell you won't. Yo, what up? It's Peter Rosenberg from Hot 97, ESPN, WWE. Um, I work at the Sabaros just outside Stanford, Connecticut. I also um, clean up the food court at Montgomery Mall in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, but right now, when I'm working my food court job, um, I keep my headphones on, and I listen to Ellen Fitz talking music on ESPN. It's, it's fantastic. I promised him. Uh, I promised you some expertise you needed at this point. I need it at this point, and I'm a damn Grammy voter. Like, explain that to me. I can't figure it out. So uh, there are gambling odds on the Grammys, and when it comes to stuff like this, I'm always the first to say, hey, Throw up the white flag and bring in somebody smarter than me. So Doug Kazarian joins us. And uh, obviously, Doug, you are uh, our expert here. And uh, you and I have, have known each other for a while. And, and I'm a mega fan of what you do in the gambling space. So before we even get into the odds around the Grammys, I'm curious how they set odds around something that is voted on like a Grammy. I feel duped. I thought we were going to talk Raiders here. No, like, well, we're the, we're the, we, we should get into that. We're the that. only couple we, Raider fans here, but we, no, look, we don't want to depress people. <laughs> no, come on, I man. I'm depressed. So it's a great question because there is no like huge exact science to it is like maybe making a football point spread. Basically what happens is like one book sort of sets out the odds based on their knowledge. And usually the person who does it is pretty knowledgeable about the space 
whether it be prop bets on the Oscars, Graham's usually you have like a quote unquote expert who understands this stuff and uses last year. So the odds go out and then they're very soft. They're very elastic, meaning they'll take bets very, and then as they come in, they'll kind of understand where the market should be set. Cause that's really what horse racing odds are too. Horse racing is what's called paramutual, whereas they put odds out there and then as the bets come in, everything has a domino effect. So that's why it's illegal in all these states and not has to be legalized like Nevada had it. It's not against the house. It's paramutual. So these odds, like all odds making, is about risk management. A lot of these guys who run sports books, that's their job title, is risk management, like director or manager of risk. So you just odds come in, and then if you get a bunch of money on one thing, you lower it. It's just kind of that simple in that regard. So in some senses, it feels like getting in early is either really smart or really stupid, depending yeah. on which, which side you're on. Because well, and if you're going to be aggressive, usually you're smart, like you're grabbing long odds. Right. Uh, and and with that, I mean, this is one of those alarming things to me. Again, I think because this is voted on, you're basically the, – the people – not you specifically, but the people setting the odds – are setting they're they're studying the trends of the voters and in that sense i guess it's no different than betting on the heisman uh well said uh, but but it still seems a little like it's a little out there to me to to try and figure out i can't figure out the grammy people and and how we all vote as a group sometimes but i think heisman's a great example the year derrick henry won people overlooked in in through through the years is that well let's not forget he broke a lot of sec rushing records because everyone's like what happened to christian mccaffrey's breaking reggie bush's records but it was just the wrong year, like the rookie of the year in the NBA when Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons came down to the wire. Well, Malcolm Brogdon won the year before, and either of those two would have won the same. It's just kind of like timing of everything. And, but it is right. It is hard to figure out. I know the Oscars does a lot of career achievements. And when we talk about the Grammys, album of the year, record of the year, and song of the year last year, the favorites did not win. Huh. So, so you know, even the odds can be off. Now, sometimes when there's overwhelming favorites, that does happen. But it is a little bit of a guessing game. Now, the limits aren't as high as maybe the Super Bowl odds. So it's more for, I shouldn't say only entertainment purposes, but they do lower the limits so that everyone just has a little, you know, a little action on it, but it's not like going to break their bank. So with that being said, record of the year odds this year, this is America Childish Gambino on, on at least this site that I'm looking at. Looks like it right now odds have it at negative uh, 105. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's plan for Drake is at plus 400. So. That's a pretty sizable. It feels like that's a pretty sizable favorite. Right. And then I'm at another site where this is America is actually minus 200. So this is all in relation to 100. That's how betting goes. So if it's minus 200, it's really one to two odds. You have to risk 200 to win 100. So overwhelming favorites. And then all the other options are plus money. So if it's a let plus 1100, it's just 11 to one. You risk 100, you win 1100. And so God's plan on this site is plus 1100. So this site, even more than the site you are, because you have to read the odds here, is saying this is America is definitely a significant favorite. Well, I think that plays into what Ellen and I were talking about earlier in the podcast. When you talk about sort of uh, trying to figure out how the, the Grammys vote, you're thinking about more often than not, it feels like a bunch of people that are trying to be super hip and, and understand like some cultural, you know, meaning to all of this. And that was, I think last year, one of the difficulties in Kendrick Lamar versus Bruno Mars. You had two mm-hmm. different Kendrick Lamar, very socially important with the record. Bruno Mars just made you feel good. So trying to figure out how, uh, odds makers would, or how, how, uh, voters would vote on it, I think was difficult. This year, it feels a little bit, uh, it's a little clearer in that sense. And you can see that in some of these odds. Uh, absolutely. You can see 
some of the that makes sense when you look at song of the year. You're talking about Brandy Carlisle, Sean Menza, uh, Mendez. You're talking about people that are just not not anywhere close, at least in the mind. And that makes sense because those records don't really fall along the line of what Grammy voters usually vote for. So, so there is a method to the madness, and like you mentioned, um, Kendrick Lamar, he won last year for best rap album and as a massive favorite. So it's not like there was a giant upset in that regard. So when sometimes they're favorites for a reason, and that is what's going to happen. So who would you pick? I mean, Shallow for Song of the Year is a considerable favorite, kind of like This Is America for Record of the Year. Would you say Shallow is a winner? Because that's uh, minus 250 to use a gambling term. I, I am, man, I'm surprised by that. No. I mean, and this is this is part of the, the debate for me. Like, This Is America uh, was a spectacular video. And made it a spectacular concept, but it wasn't a song that overtook, you know, all the charts and digital downloads and right. everything. So, uh, you know, I, I really think as much as I'm not a Drake fan, I, I think that God's plan and Drake ha- has really good odds in this one. I 15 mean, to it, one where I'm at. It, it, it makes that one to me sort of falls in line with where everything is. Shallow. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just anti movie soundtrack songs. Does that make me a bad person? I, I hope not. I mean, uh, the, <laughs> the, and, and the funny thing is when you look at the list of songs that are in, Right now, and this is sort of one of my, my – uh, this isn't necessarily a voting factor for everybody. I do personally think about in 10 years when you're listening to your adult hit station that everybody transitions to. Oh, life, I like that. What song is going to be like your graduation weekend where they're like, oh, remembering the class of 2019. I know. I just heard Montel Jordan recently like walking around. I was like, what the? See, and that, th- those are the moments that light you up. Like as much as – like as much as I just said, Sean Mendes doesn't stand a chance, and I don't think he does. Uh, but in my blood and the middle, Zed and Marin Morris, I think are two songs that ten years from now are going to be played as part of the memory memory music from this era. Not Childish Gambino, so it, it like it's uh, and not Shallow. Like right. I, I just don't think Shallow has staying power. You mentioned something that is a way to quantify things: digital downloads. How correlated have the winners of these categories for specifically song? of the year been correlated to the most digital downloads in this era? Uh, that's not usually a direct correlation. Okay. But I will say that that was part of, I think, the downloads and, and the overall popularity was part of what started the movement around Bruno Mars last year. Is because at some point, and this has always been my argument, like I'm the first to admit, Taylor Swift can't sw- can't sing. Don't come at me, Swifties. I don't really? mean that with eight. Like, I, she can't sing. I think she writes good songs for her audience. Careful but fits. I, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Swifties. Uh, but... I will she, say she this. plays to her base, dare you say? She she does. <laughs> and what but I have voted for her in the past for Grammys. Because when you think about, hey, you made the most recognizable record of the entire year that's gonna live on for the next thirty years as the as the the moment of this year. Like that has to count for something. You created memories for the most people. Like I think that there has to be some recognition of commercial success doesn't always mean that you stink. And sometimes I think the Grammys lose a side so, of that. So should Van Halen jump? be like an honorary member because they play it at every NBA game yeah, when there's a jump maybe, ball. Maybe maybe <laughs> uh, maybe I'm still mad at the fact that I remember best new artist when I was a kid and Boys to Men like was so huge in that right. moment. And uh, what's his name that did Walking in Memphis one instead? And uh, I can't even think of his I, name off the top of my I head. I thought it was like uh, uh, I'll, I'll Google it while I. I wanted to say Alanis Morissette. It's not. It's uh, it's no, um, um, Walking in Memphis. This is riveting podcast here. As I. Uh, as I look, come on, you're the music buff. D- I know. I don't Sounds remember. to me like you guys are a couple of bookies. <laughs> uh, Mark Cohn. Mark Cohn did walk in. And so Mark yes. Cohn yes. won a uh, best new artist in a year where Boys to Men had gone like everywhere and they crushed it. And I looked at it. I was like, man, I, that doesn't make any sense. Like, Walking in Memphis was a good song. 
But my God, Boyz II Men, like they they created something that is still living to this day on an entire record that right. deserved more. Like uh, sometimes I think the Grammys just gets too cool for themselves. That's all. For those wondering, that was Bob Lee's voice, mm-hmm. the general, the one of the founding fathers of ESPN, voiced all the drops for my podcast behind the bets. Um, because we couldn't afford the licensing of movie quotes and things like that. So we just had Bob Lee voice everything. And that is the, uh, Billy, okay, that- that's Billy Ray Valentine, Eddie Murphy, uh, Bob Lee, the, the voice of journalism. Uh, before we get out of here in general, uh, as we've really broken down nothing with gambling and no, I know we you got all. some long shots uh, here, but I, I will say, uh, you and I are both Raiders fans. Uh, if you were putting odds, see how I tied mm-hmm. that together yeah, huh? on where they play next year, do you, uh, do you have well, a Well, it sounds like the Bay Area. Like we're a week late on this, right? Otherwise, well, yeah. But now news is coming out that the 49ers may not allow it, and they, they, there's like a, a region thing where they're right. saying, "Hey, there, there's a non-compete; you can't play." Like in in my mind, I'm sitting here saying, "Can they all just swallow their egos and for one year split Levi's? Like just split the stadium in Santa Clara?" I thought San Francisco was going to do the. Uh, sorry, I thought the Raiders were going to do the baseball. Stadium yeah, that's what. But still, I'm looking at them like that makes no sense because they don't want the geographical sharing. I mean, I mean, in my mind, just put them both. In Levi's for one well, year. Why should the Raiders play nice per se? Excuse me. Why should the Niners play nice? They shouldn't. Right. Other than the fact that the NFL Make the Raiders helped, go to San Diego. But the NFL helped pay for that stadium, so the NFL could come in and say, "Hey, we fronted a little money out of this." I, I would say I take the long shot odds that the Raiders play in San Diego. It, that would be pretty fine. Like I'd, I'd be pretty good for that. It'd be so strange. I mean, it already is strange that the Chargers are in LA. I'm not used to it. Are you all in on the Vegas Raiders? By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I left. To go back east to school the year the Raiders left. So that whole like team leaves you feeling I never experienced. While I sympathize with fans and I'm very against relocation because it's just not fair to fans who develop an emotional connection. I've always been connected to the LA Raiders because that was my childhood. And then when I left, I did not change my allegiance, but the fact that they moved to Oakland didn't really, you know, leave a bad taste in my mouth or anything like that. I was I was still a Raider fan and always will be. So when they moved to Vegas, I'm more on board than I was in Oakland. Yeah, and and I'm with you. Like I was a kid when they moved from Correct. one to the other, and and I didn't really care that they moved to Oakland. Like it, it, who cared it, when when I was a kid? It didn't matter. And so all I've ever thought when I go to Raiders games is that the stadium, uh, Kyrie, you're gonna have to beat this. Is a shithole. It's a shithole. Yeah, the big old shithole. I like them, and they embrace it. They <laughs> love it. Three times there for you, Kyrie. They wear it uh, on their their badge of honor, kind of. Yeah, but but you know, I remember when I first started getting into this business in general, talking to friends that are athletes, saying, "Hey, when are you going to go play for the Raiders?" And the answer was like, "Never. I don't want to play in that stadium. I don't want to play. You know, and and I want my favorite team to have a fancy, beautiful facility with great training facilities and state of the art everything. And I wanted to be swanky." And so you got to go to a game with me. That's all Let's I'm do saying. It. Deal. Uh, we're going to be celebrity enough that we can be invited to. Uh, I, I don't know if that actually. Hey, works. no, we're going to take the winnings from some of these some of these prop bets here on the on the Grammys. That is a, pay a for the tickets. A thousand percent correct. Follow him on Twitter at Doug ESPN. Obviously, check out the Behind the Bets podcast uh, with Doug Kazarian. Always great stuff there. Uh, thanks for the knowledge on on this. And uh, and uh, I'm just going to go bet long shots. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Why not? Look, it's called one way betting, right? So. A point spread is two-way. You can bet the favorite or the underdog. Well, in these futures, it's only one way. You can't bet, like, this is America not to win record of the year. You can only bet it two wins. So you're never going to have, like, the greatest odds. So that's why there's there's usually value on the long shots there because there is a, a, a nice payout. There we go. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be rich, Kyrie. This is my last show. I don't know if you know that. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, I, I'll text you pictures of my my stacks of cash. Follow him on Twitter, Doug. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Man. Thanks for having me, man.
Jason Fitz, Kyrie, you're a rock star. And uh, let us know your Grammy thoughts. What did you think of the performance? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Let us know. Thanks for listening to Ellen Fitz talking music.